and uh, bring his word to you guys. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, open up uh, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this time. Um, thank you for the opportunity to be here and uh, bring your word to your congregation here at FICF. Uh, speak through me tonight. Override my preparations. Um, let them hear your words and not mine. Um, and just uh, be with us all as we, uh, we hear from you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, uh, children, yes, you can be, thank you. You can be dismissed to your classrooms. This might be a short one, so don't get too attached to your teachers. So there was a woman, um, and she actually lived next door to a pastor. She was just like super amazed uh, by how quickly he changes his personality. Around the neighborhood, he's like super shy, quiet, uh, timid, doesn't really get involved. But as soon as he begins to preach, he becomes loud and boisterous uh, and is really able to, to bring the word and entertain the congregation with his sermons. And one day she caught him walking in and, and over coffee, she's like, hey, I'm, I'm not sure how you go from one personality to the next. Um, and he goes, oh, it's simple. The guy in church is my alter ego. Oh, man. All right. Dad jokes. Alter, alter ego. I'll do better next time, guys. I promise. So tonight our anchor text uh, comes from Colossians 1, uh, verses 9 and 10. Uh, so I want to read that to you guys, and then we'll, uh, we'll pray again, and then we'll get into it. And it says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard about it, have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is the word of the Lord. Father, just again, thank you. Um, thank you for um, the opportunity. Thank you for uh, appointing me um, this evening to just uh, to bring your word. It's always a humbling experience to um, to really prepare a message, and you end up learning a lot more um, about yourself than uh, you really thought, um, preparing to deliver the word to other people. So um, again, just thank you and speak through me. Amen. All right, so uh, tonight I've got a question for you guys, and it's comfort or growth? Uh, so why do you think that uh, Paul said this, right? We, we see the first, the first part of our text is for this reason. But what was the reason? Let's go read. We've got we to gotta go back, right? Because the best way to interpret Scripture is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. So I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 12 for you guys. Um, and this is through the New American Standard Version. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is, faith, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, 
And he also conformed, informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share and the inheritance of the saints in light. So what we see here is that the church, church in Colossae um, has faith in Jesus. Just like most churches, we'd like to say, right? Um, they were a relatively young church. Um, they were bearing fruit, continuing to grow. Um, all good things, right? These are all good. So why pray? Paul knew all too well that we are broken people. People who have sinned and that even, uh, even people with the best intentions can and do fall back into sin. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who has a uh, pull-up bar that goes over the window or, or their door, not their window, at home? Anybody? Who still uses it? I have one. I don't know where it is. Um, but right, our best intentions to get in shape, uh, to eat better, they start off strong, but they can fall off. So, again, comfort or growth. Some of you might have seen something like this, right? Um, I don't know if you've heard the term, there's no growth in the comfort zone, and there's no comfort uh, in the growth zone. But it might look something like this, right? You feel safe and you're in control, you're in your comfort zone. And then stepping out of that, you get into the fear zone, where you might be affected by others' opinions, find excuses, lack self-confidence, um, learning zone, acquire new skills, extend the comfort zone, deal with challenges, and then we're in the growth zone where we're living our dreams. This is not something I got from, this is not in one of your appendices in the Bible. Um, so if you're wondering where I got it, it was just online. Um, but this is not something that we have to look at. Our guide for spiritual growth um, is the Bible, right? So let's take a look tonight um, at some of the ways that the Lord God um, talks about spiritual growth in the Bible. The first one is, God desires the spiritual growth of his people. He gave us our spiritual life, right? So it would make sense that he expects us to grow in maturity. Could look different for everybody, right? Everybody's uh, in different levels of their spiritual maturity. Um, so no matter where you're at, there's always room to grow. Um, so let's take a look at some of the, the scripture passages in the Bible that talk about his desire for our spiritual growth. The first one comes to us from Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, this is the part about the Beatitudes, but it, it ends with, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the tax collectors, do they not do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Even the Gentiles, do they not do the same? Therefore, you shall be perfect, 
as your heavenly Father is perfect. Not a tall order, right? Called to be perfect. Not hard to do. Thankfully, uh, Jesus uh, intercedes on our behalf. He went to the cross for us. So we actually have the opportunity um, for this spiritual growth. Um, like I said here, Jesus is really talking about our personal relationship with each other. Um, we should behave, and how we should behave as believers, believers, because the world does the exact same things that we do, right? Somebody that could be considered good in the world is going to be nice to their neighbor. They're going to you know, go out of their way to help people. But the differentiator for us is that we have the Holy Spirit. We are saved. We can take that journey uh, to spiritual growth. This is something that's unique to us as Christians. Here again in Hebrews 6, verse 1, uh, we see, it says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Right? So we don't want our works to fall on deaf ears. We don't want them to be in vain. We want to continually press on to maturity. We don't want to stay in that infant state uh, in our spiritual journey. Right? We are called to continually grow in knowledge about our Lord. In 2 Corinthians 13.9, it says, For we rejoice when, when we ourselves are weak, but you are strong. This we also pray for, pray for that you become mature. Right? So it was still a prayer of Paul for the church in Corinth that even though they're strong, we continue to pray that we become mature. We can't rest on our laurels. We can't think that we've reached the end because the end is either when we leave this world or Jesus comes home. That's the end of our life here. But we have that life in eternity. So we know that uh, our journey really never ends as long as we are saved. We see in uh, Philippians 3, verse 12 through 16, it says, Not that I have already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature, let's have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God reveal will reveal that to you as well. However, let's keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. Spiritual growth is a journey. We have, uh, we have to press on. Again, it's not something that um, we've already grasped. It's not like we get saved and then that's it. Um, you know, we are saved, always saved by grace. But the fact that we are saved should want us should make us want to push on, should make us want to mature, should make us want to learn more about God, to have an even deeper relationship with Him. We also see that we can't let the journey get to us. You know, constantly throughout the New Testament, we are called to be set apart. Now, we know that we're called to be set apart and grow spiritually 
But what's the goal? For spiritual growth, Christ-likeness is the goal. Christ-likeness is the goal of spiritual growth. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 15, um, we see here that um, we as believers need to continue to grow in Christ. Right? That's why in the uh, verse 13, or sorry, 15 there, it says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ. We, de- we need to not get distracted by the things of this world. We need to continually hone in and be set apart and fix our eyes on Christ. Philippians, in two, Philippians 2.5 says that we need to have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's easier said than done, right? We were and still are sinners. But remember that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And those that Christ died for, who are called to him, we need to live for Christ. And that's all a part of spiritual growth. Romans 8, 29 and 30. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Again, guys, this is something that even though we are called, we were predestined. It's not a choice. It is, but it isn't. God knew that you would accept him. It wasn't really up to you. Even though we are all given free will, those who are called were called before the the formation of this world. We didn't make that choice again. And as a church, we are glorified in Christ. Since God desires spiritual growth for all of his people, did you think he would leave us to fend for ourselves? He actually gives us the resources for spiritual growth. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. That's John 4, 14. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then one more. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, 
with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Through these passages, we see that God is the one that gives us our resources. We don't have to go out and find anything. It's all given to us by the one who called us to grow spiritually. It's his, it's his son. It's the Holy Spirit. It's nothing of our own doing. And thank goodness, because speaking for myself here, uh, I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. Like I said before, we continually fall back into sin. It's kind of like um, the youth were actually studying um, Hosea right now. Anybody familiar with the story of Hosea? Right? Ruth, thank you. Yes. Jamie. I saw some head nods out there. But if you're not, Hosea was a prophet. And he was called by the Lord to marry a prostitute. Right? Something that would have been, even for a normal person, not a prophet, would have been something that would have been frowned upon. Right? Marrying a um, woman of the night, or I don't even know, some other more proper name, right? But we, as Christians, are Hosea's wife, Gomer. We continually turn our back through sin. But time and time again, Hosea, or God, uh, shows up to buy us back for the maximum amount possible. Back in that time, it was 20 shekels, and even though Hosea didn't have 20 shekels, he gave 15, and then a bunch of other stuff. I felt like, you know, it might have been on one of those episodes of like, um, uh, what's that show where they buy the storage wars, right? We're like bartering and coming up with stuff, right? But that's how much God loves us. He loves us enough to give everything, and he did. He gave his son. He also gave us some of these um, options for us are kind of ways that we can um, become and grow more uh, spiritually, right? Death to self-interest. We have a Bible verse here that says, Therefore, treat the parts of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. That was actually the first lesson that we taught in youth, right? Adultery is akin to idolatry. We're putting others ahead of Christ. But as we grow spiritually, the way to do that is to deny ourselves, right? We're called to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. We also have the scriptures, right? If you think you're not hearing from God, open up the Bible, pray you'll definitely hear from the Lord. It might not be an audible, here I am, right? But he's going to speak to you through his word. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. We are called to make disciples. And uh, I know for me, we, the last time that I really, truly went out and tried to 
give my testimony um, and really talk to people was when we went to Colorado, and that was almost, was over five years ago. Um, you know, so again, like I said, as you prepare for a message, you really get introspective and start to learn more about how you can improve, how I can improve. Um, and this is definitely one of the ways that I can improve is to really share um, my testimony. And that's a part of spiritual growth, right? God's going to put people in your life, in your path, day to day, if you ask, right? What are we scared for? We have the word. There's going to be times that you might not even have the words, but if you listen and obey God's call, he's going to give you the words. We also, of course, have prayer. Prayer is that way that we can communicate. And another thing that you want to be, be mindful of is who we're actually communicating with. We're communicating with the creator of the heavens and the earth. We're not communicating with somebody who can just give us what we want. We're not communicating with somebody who can pay off your debt, um, get you that promotion, right? He's not uh, the genie from Aladdin. He's not um, somebody who's going to grant you wishes and then disappear from your life. This is somebody that we can have a conversation with, that we can bring our, our hopes, our fears, um, just talk, right? We're, we're told to pray without ceasing in every situation. You don't have to pray with your eyes closed. We don't always have to be in a prostrate position. We don't always have to have our hands raised. You can be driving down the road. I do that all the time. I run late to work sometimes, and I'm like, Lord, please let there be green lights. And then there's green lights, and I'm like, thank you, Lord, for the green lights, and I get to work early. And then I won't talk about the time when there's red lights because, uh, you know, you guys know, you know. Um, but the verse that corresponds with prayer. It says, and on that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be made full. You know, we're, we're asked to pray in Jesus' name. There's power in that name. And some people can twist the words where, you know, it says pray and he will give you the desires of, of your heart. Well, what we need to be doing in reality is continually growing spiritually so that our heart starts to mirror the Lord's. That way our desires become what his desires are for our life. We also, of course, always want to focus on Jesus Christ. Fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's who helps us in our spiritual growth. The one who went to the cross, the one who endured slander, um, being beaten, having his flesh ripped from his back. He did that for us. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to, to grow in knowledge and seek more, to learn more about the person that would have done that for me. We also, of course, are given the great intercessor, 
something that the believers of the Old Testament didn't have, and that's the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5, sorry, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, we read that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. If you don't think you have the strength, you do. We're strengthened with power through His Spirit. The moment that we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit starts to live inside of us. But again, we can't stay in our infancy because we're not going to be able to know the power of the Holy Spirit unless we continue to seek out and learn more about the Lord. So what are some examples of growth uh, in the Spirit uh, in the, uh, the Bible? We'll get to this in a sec, but we see it in Samuel. Samuel, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Um, most of you should be. Um, Samuel is the son of Hannah. And Hannah was actually barren. Um, she prayed. And the Lord heard her prayers and gave her a son. And even though she had prayed and wanted a son for as long as she lived, she gave him up to be in service for the Lord. He was, uh, he was a prophet, and he was actually the last judge of Israel uh, before the monarchy started with Saul. There was a time when he was uh, in the temple and he actually audibly heard from the Lord. And then he ran to his teacher and he was like, yeah, I'm here. Well, I didn't say anything. So he went back and he heard from him again. Um, and even though we might not hear the Lord out loud like Samuel did, we can still hear him through his word and should obey his call for our lives. Paul, right? Paul was a person, we can call him Saul and then Paul, but he was a person who persecuted and killed Christians in the name of his religion. But he then became one of the greatest apostles in history. He wrote letters, he preached the word all over the world. And he even did it from jail. You know, he had people come and, and he would write letters through them and they would deliver them. A lot of the New Testament um, are letters um, written by Paul. But none of those people compare, of course, to Jesus. And I know most of us tend to focus on Jesus as a man, and he continually learned and grew in knowledge of his father, even as a man. But when he was a child, we see this in Luke 2, the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. I don't know about you, but if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Right? I'm sure he knew who he was even at a young age. But he continued to learn. He went to the synagogues and preached. If I were God, I, you know, if I were, if I were in his shoes, thank goodness I'm not God because um, I wouldn't have done that, right? I'm like, oh, I already know this. 
I don't have to, I know who I am. I don't have to continually learn. But he was obedient to the Father. And guys, I know it's a journey, um, and it may feel like a long one, but God will bring the spiritual growth of believers to completion. Right? We see it here in these verses. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. That's 1 John 3, verse 2. Philippians 1, 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. And in Revelation 21, verse 2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Um, you've heard it up here, and I'm going to say it again, but back in the, the Jewish tradition, the bride was the one that was waiting for her groom, not the other way around. Right? The groom was the one that went and prepared the place. All the, all the bride had to do was make herself ready and prepare, and I say all that she had to do, but you know, there's a lot of work that goes into that, even today especially, right? The dress, the makeup, the shoes... Um, the photos before, the photos after. Um, but we are the bride. right? We're just waiting for our groom. And how we prepare ourselves is through that journey of spiritual growth. Church, there's a day that's fast approaching where our Lord will return to claim his bride. And we need to be ready. Right? We've, you, you, you hear it in scripture, right? Some of us even though we've proclaimed his name, even though you've said to me, Lord, Lord, we won't in, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't, I don't want that to be any of us here. So guys, continually learn. Right? The bride doesn't simply wait to be claimed by her husband. She gets herself ready. And we need to get ourselves ready as well. So I have another question for you guys. Same question I asked in the beginning. Comfort or growth? Um, Jesus actually gives us a warning. You know, he says it's not going to be easy. Um, a little bit about kind of my journey preparing for this week even, right? Um, it's going to be difficult. We'll, we'll work in reverse order. Um, so it's about 3.30, uh, we're getting Emma ready, and uh, Jamie's combing her hair, I'm putting stuff in the car, and I just hear, what did you do? And so I walk into the room, and Jamie's literally pulling chunks of hair out of Emma's hair. Uh, she found some scissors and decided to give herself a haircut, and uh, we had to use the lint roller. Um, you know, to, to get everything out. Uh, yesterday, um, you know, I had hurt my back a little earlier in the week and my shoulder was bothering me. I couldn't really stand up. Um, and then about the backstory, I woke up uh, Thursday morning and uh, I got out of bed, couldn't really walk, made the mistake of laying face down uh, in, in bed and uh, <laughs> couldn't get up. 
and uh, I couldn't move. And my wife was like, what's wrong? And even Emma was like, mom, what's, what's dad doing? What is, who's this guy? Like, you know, like didn't even know what I was going on. Going on. She was making fun of me. Um, but Jamie was like, he's really in pain. And thankfully, Jamie has some, some training from a former line of work and knew how to get me out of bed. And I was actually crying. She's like, why are you crying? I was like, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of how we are, right? In our, uh, in our walk. And sometimes we don't know. But there's always going to be somebody there to help us get out of bed. Um, guys, it, it, again, it's not going to be easy. In John 16, Jesus says that they will ban you from the synagogue. Yet an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering a service to God. Can you imagine? How would that be in our, our situation? Right? It was like if somebody came in here and thought that they were doing the Lord a favor by just killing believers. But that was the reality that they were facing. These things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when... Their hour comes, you may, you may remember that I told you of them. However, I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. Guys, this basically states that our lives as believers weren't promised to be easy. Right? There is no comfort in the growth zone. Right? We're going to be persecuted called bigots, we'll lose friends, family, maybe even jobs. It's going to be hard, so it might sound like I'm saying our growth is going to be uncomfortable. And if we're talking in terms of the world, that may be the case. But as believers, we can actually have both. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, then you were predestined to go on this journey of spiritual growth. We don't have to work harder to gain the Lord's approval we should want to work hard because we already have it through Jesus. And as we grow, we may not find comfort in this world, but that's okay. Because as Jesus promises us at the end of this chapter, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Church, it's, uh, again, it's not going to be easy. But it's something that we're called to do. And our love for the Lord should compel us to grow spiritually. His love for us is what gave us that opportunity. Let's not waste it. Let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, thank you again. Thank you for the, the word that you give, you give us through your word. Through every word in this book was inspired by you. It's a book of faith, but Father, it's also a book of fact. It's not a book that we can take lightly. It's not a charge that we should take lightly. We, we can't bend this book, these words, to what we want them to say, Father. We have to... Uh, Trust the black, white, and red letters that are in this book. Father, again, thank you for uh, giving me your word tonight. 
just pray that um, it spoke to to somebody in this congregation as much as it spoke to me as I was preparing it. We thank you for all that you do. Help us to want to continually grow in knowledge of you. And with that knowledge in power, Father, we have the power to do things through your name. So Jesus, I just ask that um, if there's Anybody that uh, you impressed on um, somebody's heart to talk to about your gift, that they do it and not delay because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Father, we are asking that you come quickly. But while we're here, help us to continually seek your will for our lives. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.